Hey everybody, welcome back into the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. This is the practice report. It is brought to you by Byers Auto. That is Spencer Holbert, Tim May, Jeremy Birmingham. I'm Austin Ward. Ohio State was back in this facility for practice number three of spring and the pads were on. Uh, intensity dialing up as spring break is over and uh, this four or five week barrage for Ohio State uh, really begins and they get to work. Uh, we'll just start right there. What did what stood out during the, the brief uh, open viewing period that we had on Tuesday morning, Berm. I've been critical about the defensive backfield and how I feel like that's still the area that's the biggest concern. And for some reason today, watching the guys, I was like, this is not a concern anymore. Uh, was, <laughs> the light came on. As long as everyone's healthy, that is a really good secondary. And I, I was kind of taken back by the safeties. I mean, you look out there and, and Josh Proctor and Lathan Ransom weren't even out there doing full drills, but there's five or six guys that I think I mean, between Court Williams and Ronnie Hickman and Bryson Shaw and, and Tanner McAllister and, and Cameron Martinez, uh, and then you have uh, Andre Turrentine. I mean, you got some guys out there all of a sudden that, that look like they have had a little bit of, uh, of a wake-up call from the, what happened a year ago, and to me, that was the takeaway. And then you look at the corners, J.K. Johnson, I mean, right before, I don't know, maybe it's not what I thought, but it looked like right as the first drill was starting, the punt coverage. There was almost a fist fight between two St. Louis cornerbacks. And that was pretty exciting to see because I was like, oh, right, we got some juice. So maybe I, maybe I misconstrued it, but it didn't look like a, a pleasant exchange. So I was happy to see that. My biggest takeaway from, you know, what, 20 minutes we got to watch was just like the attention to detail that wasn't there when we saw the first one because it's the first practice and everybody's just trying to get loose and get acclimated to what exactly is going on. Today, you saw Ryan Day walk uh, Keon Gray's through exactly where to attack on a punt block when they're not even really going full speed. You saw Jim Knowles teaching exactly where to punch the football when, when you need to do that. And they were going through those kind of drills, turnover things. You saw the secondary start to hone in on some of those things. So, you know, as everything's starting to ratchet up, they're also really honing in on everything that, that needs to be done, the little things, so that in two weeks from now, it's not even said. You just know exactly what you're doing. And I think that's where this team is going to start to make its hay this spring is just getting those little tiny details that need to be nailed down that maybe they didn't focus on last year that that caused them to slip at times they're really focusing in on those right now i'm just wondering whether we're being sold a pig in the poke about this 425 because as i was telling austin while we were waiting on ryan day to come in i kept looking out there and they kept arraying the defensive backs across the field in foursomes you know uh cam brown uh ronnie hickman court williams and Denzel Burke, not to be mentioned last, but you know what I'm talking about there. And I'm just wondering, hey, maybe they're going to stay in this four-man look. I know they're not, but I'm just being a, a smart aleck. But it is interesting, as uh, we've asked Ryan Day a couple of times about this defense and it's coming along, how it's coming along, how it's being installed and stuff. And, uh, you know, even he admits they haven't really seen that stand-up uh, Leo yet, although we've seen a little bit in the drills and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but are they going to be in a 4-3-4 a lot? Are they going to be mainly in a 4-2-5? Is it going to be three and a half, two and a half, five, as I call it? I mean, I think that remains to be seen. We may not even, I'm thinking we may not even see that in the spring game. I, I, I may be surprised by that. Well, yeah, and the spring game rules are obviously a little bit different. Exactly. You don't want to show a lot. Notre Dame will be taping it. Um, and Jim Knowles had referenced this two weeks ago that they hadn't got into the Leo. Although you can see the foundation being laid for that with Mitchell Melton getting work in. Uh, with Larry Johnson and the Rushman down there. You know, Kate Stover, he's only been wearing that, that white jersey and working yeah. at linebacker so far. He's another guy that you pencil in uh, as an option there. And Jack Sawyer, uh, with his sort of versatile uh, hybrid skills there, you think that, you know, that 
even if they haven't put in the scheme, they're setting up foundationally and fundamentally for them to make that transition. And a lot of that applies to the whole defense. And I asked Ryan Day about this because one thing that I'd heard from the first two practices and going into this third was they can morph into different looks and post-snap adjustments. And, and maybe they don't want to tip any of their hand there, but Ryan Day had, say, had said that Thursday practice from a week and a half ago, that Jim Knowles ran one defense yeah. for the entirety of you know uh, at least one period and over and over and over and let them work on that till they got that down. And I think that you're gonna see that go because Oklahoma State had a lot of veteran players who had been in his system for a long time. You can be more creative in that situation. We had this debate with Ohio State in the past, were they too predictable? Well, if you don't have experienced players, you can't just expect them to know everything at a 400 graduate level and run every defense under the sun. And Ohio State ran into issues with that. And I think you're gonna see them continue to add maybe not by the end of spring, but certainly once you get into August, then this defense will not look the same even on September 3rd as it might by no, might look by November. Yeah. This is gonna have to be a process, but the key part of that is that you can run a base defense consistently, and if you have more experienced players, you're gonna perform it much better anyway. Right. What's the point of running 15 things if no one knows how to run? Yeah. So, I mean, you get one thing done right, move on to the next. Get one thing done right, move on to the next. Jim Knowles, as a teacher, that's what Ryan Day said about him multiple times today. He's teaching, he's te the way he teaches, the way I see how he's teaching. That is what this is about right now. This is for the first time in a couple of years, the installation of a defense that requires some actual, uh, you know, learning yeah. and some uh, adjustments that guys haven't been through before. So I just think it's fascinating. I mean, I I'll keep going back to it. I, I just don't know how they're gonna play all these guys, not just at safety, not just at corner. Linebacker, if you're only playing two out there, there's a lot of guys. Yeah. The defensive tackle, defensive end, like if you start to think about Tyler Friday back and Javante Jean-Baptiste back and Zach Harrison back, uh, where does, how do you play all these guys? And to me, that's the thing with Jim Knowles is how does he, who's never had this sort of toy chest to play with before, figure <laughs> out how to deploy them all uh, and still get the best productivity and, and juice out of all. Y'all know I was being facetious about the 4-2-5 thing. I no, know I mean, everybody I, I'm knows serious. that. I, I, but I agree with you. I think that a four two and a half and a four and a half is is possible. I mean, I don't know how it's going to work. Yeah, <laughs> but when you look at, I, like that. I mean, I like that's that. true. I, like that. I mean, it's <laughs> when you look at the defense. Austin said they ran the same thing, you know, for one practice, and that, that's really interesting to me because last year they ran the same thing for the first two games. It didn't work. They scrapped it and tried <laughs> to put fifty different things There's in a shot in game three. <laughs> yeah, and so then you had, were trying to run fifteen different things, and you had no clue what you were even doing with thing one. So when you need to get that base defense down, like that's the biggest thing. If you can run the base defense well, we saw it in 2019. If you can run the base defense well, you can stay in the base defense. But if you can't run the base defense well, you can't even get into the other things. And so Jim Knowles knows that as well as anybody. He's a, a Cornell guy who's who coached really smart guys Probably at Duke. Right. Yeah. Like he's a smart guy. And so he knows that he's not gonna be able to teach all of these things at once. He's gonna have to stick with the base. Once they get that down, he can dive into whatever he wants because the guys will be advanced in the system enough to be able to learn other things. I see the guy who looks good just running around out there and I brought him up in the, the press conference with Ryan Date. I think Talik Williams, man, I, you know, we got to see him flash last year, but he just looks, he looks different. He looks even more physical, man. And they get him and Teron Vincent and some of these other guys really going in the middle of that defense. It changes everything. It changes the whole complexion of the thing, and uh, even helps your defensive ends who were kind of uh, struggled last year to get sacks, et cetera. I mean, uh, there's a guy that I've got going to have my eye on, especially in the spring game if he gets to go off a few times. Well, he's a guy that if Ohio State finds a way to properly rotate 
to, to everyone's strength, yeah. he could have a big year. He was very bad against the run last year. Yeah. Uh, he was explosive as a pass rusher. But as Ryan Day talked about, you can't just put a guy in there for one play at a time, generally speaking, unless you know it's a you know passing down. Yeah. Maybe you put him out there, but you have to be able to count on a kid who's six foot one, three hundred and twenty-five pounds to stop the run. Yeah. And, and if he can't do that, then he takes away some of of the things that make him valuable. Got to have that a gap stuffer. And it and it wasn't just that. I mean, in terms of size or you know being able to stop the run. That was obviously a big factor. We got a ton of questions about that in the middle of last season after he had those sacks and was starting to emerge. Why is he not playing more? Well, he wasn't able to sustain, is the word that Ryan Day used. And Mickey Marotti, we saw that on day one, actually, with Tyleek Williams running, sprinting across this field with a uh, you know one of the defensive line quality control manager assistants. I'm not sure which role to give for that particular person. But <laughs> you know he understands the assignment that. that he has to be on the field consistently and not just be able to play one pass rush down because if he's out there you know he can't stop the run or that he can't be out there for an extended period on a drive well that's a problem and that's why ohio state didn't put him on the field much or as much in the second half of the season so uh, he, from zero to ten yards he's one of the most athletic players on the team according to ryan day you've seen that burst we've seen him get in the backfield and make plays and and create havoc well you can't just do that one time there's not a role for that at ohio state especially in college football anymore where drives might get out of hand in a hurry and we saw how much problem uh, is created when you have to sub as frequently as ohio state tried to last year so he needs to be a guy that can play three four five snaps in a row at the level that he's flashed in the past looks like he's maybe getting to that point yeah. but it's been three practices and there's a long way to go um that's a key because we talked there was maybe more intrigue or un uncertainty with that group at defensive tackle you don't have Haskell Garrett in there to anchor that unit anymore. There's certainly people that can do that, but yeah. you've got to identify who's going to consistently do that. Yeah, whether that's whether that's Michael Hall or uh, you know Ty Hamilton stepping up, yeah. or whether it's Tron Vincent finally becoming what everybody thought he could be. Every, I think that position is just in the absolute spotlight right now because. They, the defensive line simply just didn't get it done at times last year. And the defensive ends, you know there's talent. I think J with Jack Sawyer and JT Tumwa, I don't really think we – and some of the guys coming back, I don't think we really have to worry about them. I think they're going to get there. The defensive tackles, though, you've got to be able to get things done in the middle because it doesn't matter who's playing linebacker. Linebacker struggled a little bit at times last year. But it doesn't matter who's playing linebacker. If there's no contact at the line of scrimmage with running backs, you're not stopping the run regardless. Just a little bit of drills we've gotten to watch too, though. I think Mitchell Melton looks really – Absolutely. I think he looks in in the right spot. I'm talking about defensive end, maybe rush guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, that's interesting to me, too, because there's a project that I'm curious about keeping my own all the way up through the season opener next year because he could really bring just that little bit of a flash from that defensive end spot, that Leo spot, because they're going to get to that. We all know they're going to get to that as part of uh, Jim Knowles' DNA. Uh, but I'm, I'm really curious to watch him progress. I, I said it. Uh, two weeks ago when we were here for the first practice. I hope people out there like listening to a conversation about defense because we are not <laughs> going to talk about the Ohio State offense this entire spring. There's just not a lot. Of they're, they're really good. Everyone's good. That's it, right? Like, yeah. what else can we say about the offense that we didn't say all last year or the last two years when the defense was embarrassing? Well, but so. we're curious about Paris Johnson. You know? I'm not. I mean, he's no, gonna, I'm not either. He's I mean, gonna be, he's going to be an All Big Ten tackle. Yeah, that, that's, I know, but it was funny. First, it was funny today in the press year, conference. So. You're like, you know, mark it yeah. down. 
Can he make that switch from guard to tackle? Well, he, that's what he's played his whole year, yeah. except last year. So, uh, yeah. Enik Vimahi, yeah. though, is Enoch Vimahi is an interesting guy because Ryan Day hinted that this guy could contend for a possible, you know, playing time starting job yeah. thing. So that on the interior part uh, of the guard spots, that's an interesting thing to watch too. That's the, that's where the offensive in, the only offensive intrigue that I see is you got a new position coach. Every offensive lineman in the room gets a fresh yes. start. The five seem to be quite identified who exactly is going to start there that's pretty much settled with fryer out for the spring and with harry miller no longer in the program donovan jackson and matthew jones will be the starting yes. guards so, so that, we, we can don't just we don't have any questions about the starters but then the only offensive intrigue i really have is who's justin fry going to rely on to be the backups because that tells you what the future of the offensive line looks like sure and like i said with a new offensive line coach you've got fresh starts for all these guys and so what whatever greg's to draw with out of them maybe justin fry thinks something else and so the two deep is more interesting than anything on the offensive line other than that, that this offense is going to be awesome yeah it appeared to be today based on the way they went through the lineup you had ben chrisman at right tackle enoch vamahi was at right guard uh, jacob james was at center uh, who, who else do we have in there? Left guard and left tackle. Zen was at left tackle. I'd have to go back and I check the notice. notes for one one more to go. Um, but that was Josh Fryer is going to be one of those guys too, yeah. based on everything yeah. we've heard. Uh, possibly that sixth swing guy. He can play guard or tackle. Uh, we'll see how that all that transpires. Not on paper, you don't look at it as as experienced or as veteran as the Ohio State offensive line was last year. But it didn't quite gel for them the way that they might have wanted. Top end talent this year's offensive line, the starting five, will is a better group than last year. I think it just, I think it, the pieces fit better, yeah. and we've talked about that ad nauseum about actually playing guards at guard and tackles at tackle. I think more than anything that that can elevate what Ohio State can do. We'll see because they've only got through three practices. We'll be back in the Woody tomorrow for Ohio State Pro Day. Uh, C.J. Stroud going to get to throw. That'll be intriguing for the scouts and general managers and coaches in attendance. Cardell Jones, our guy, will also be out there throwing some balls to Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Can't wait for that. Ohio State then. The current roster will be back on Thursday for practice number four, and we'll have a practice report brought to you by Byers Auto after that. That's Spencer Holbrook, Tim May, Jeremy Birmingham. I'm Austin Ward. Stay with us for full coverage of the Ohio State Buckeyes at LettermanRow.com.